Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. Final half hour of today's episode of Live Mike. And for the remainder of this program, I want to talk about social media. Uh, And when I say social media, I'm referring to at least, you know, folks in my age range. The social media I find myself using is what? Facebook, uh, Twitter, a little bit of Instagram. Uh, I know the youngsters have their TikToks and whatever else. But uh, in, in terms of this conversation, think about it in terms of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I have a uh, just a basic question to ask, and it is this. Has social media been a net negative or positive in our battle against COVID-19? There's a lot baked into that question. Let me break it down a little bit. Uh, our battle against COVID-19, first off. So in our battle, the objective of the battle, winning the battle, is hopefully eradicating the disease or getting it to some manageable rate or building up a a herd immunity of sorts to the point where it is no longer an intrusion on our lives. And the treatments and therapies are in place and, you know, well-known, sufficient to save the lives of those who may contract COVID-19. That's the goal. Beat the virus. The battle against COVID-19 is won when uh, it is not controlling our lives. Okay, so that's the first part uh, of the definition section of my little question here. Has social media been a net negative or positive in our battle? So net negative or net positive. I added that word net in there because there are certainly there are certainly negatives and positives. You know, I can think about... Uh, the social connections which have been fostered by social media, right? Uh, we are still in something of a physically distanced society right now. I haven't, you know, hung out with members of my family in well over a year as they're spread out around the country. That all, you know, in an effort to mitigate the spread of this virus. How do I maintain contact with them? How do I? How do I stay up to speed on the growth of their little children? And how do I keep them up to speed on uh, the growth of my own? Well, Facebook is a pretty good tool there. Instagram, wherever you can share those photos and the thoughts and feelings and capture the memories and moments and milestones. For, For that fact and for that functionality, social media, very, very good. Very, very good. Now, I would point out this one caveat that I by no means think that, you know, the Facebook Messenger, the video chats we're able to have, none of that is a replacement for, uh, you know, human touch and contact and a hug or a high five. You know, I get kind of somber when when I stumble into that uh, or realizations like that because I I am reminded of uh, all that we've missed out on together. I'll tell you one thing, when I uh, took this job, one of the first things that I 
uh, suggested that we do to like spread the word about this new show here, Live Mike, was to host events. I wanted to uh, get uh, you and me, I wanted to get together in auditoriums uh, wherever I could find them and just have conversations face-to-face with you. I very much enjoy uh, this job, and it is all the better when I'm able to see the faces of those who, with whom I'm speaking each day. And then COVID showed up. We had to put a stop to that. All right, uh, so that's the, that's the social front. But now there is an entirely different aspect that demands analysis, and that is the informational front, right? And I think ultimately the determination as to whether or not social media has been a net negative or positive throughout this battle against COVID-19 will ultimately come down to the dissemination and the sharing and the research of information. One of the uh, drums that I beat on this program uh, over and over again uh, is the importance of doing your own research. It's the importance of taking responsibility for the information with which you and I make decisions. Most of the time, I'm ranting and raving about that principle as it applies to our political lives. You know, before you go supporting this candidate or that candidate, you really ought to do some digging. And digging, in its effective true sense, is not uh, parking yourself in front of cable news. No, it's, uh, it's going and tracking down speeches delivered by that would-be candidate. Or tracking down past legislation or voting records. Source information. Stuff that is objectively true, not filtered through uh, the minds and mouths of those who are uh, paid to ramble 24 hours a day. I apply that same standard to me, all right? You may hear me say things throughout each day's show that make you scratch your chin. Never take my word as doctrine, all right? Always, if you have a question, seek out the source material. Seek out that source material. The exact same thing applies to the sharing of information on social media in the midst of this coronavirus. All right. We find ourselves very often exposed to counterproductive information. We all have, uh, you know, somewhere in our family tree, someone with a Facebook account uh, who thinks that the microchips are being implanted for every vaccine administered and that this whole thing has been invented and that, uh, you know, who knows? You're well familiar with the conspiracies. And you and I. You and I may be plenty capable of seeing through that, seeing for what it is, uh, statements like that shared on the social media. But sometimes we're going to get tripped up. Sometimes maybe we'll just see something in passing. It'll get implanted and lodged into our mind, and it will grow and fester into a belief. And sometimes that belief runs counter to the objectives at hand. I get very, very nervous about uh, bad information, misinformation even, spread on social media as you and I continue to combat this coronavirus. I think about uh, the events, the events like the big parties down in Utah County that have taken place over the past number of months. All of that uh, is organized and information about gathering places and times and all that is disseminated via social media. So let me ask you again, 
After chatting with you here a few minutes, let me ask you the question, let you weigh in. The question, has social media been a net negative or positive in our battle against COVID-19? Pick up the phone and give me a call. We'll wrap up today's show chatting. Just you and me shooting the breeze. The number, 801-575-8255, 801-575-8255, or KSL Talk. And if you're bashful, feel free to send a text message, 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'll read one text here, and then we'll go to break. It says, Lee... I believe that social media has impeded the COVID-19 campaign in creating an overall buy-in with all the conspiracy theorists. I think that it has been a good release for those who could not otherwise easily check in with people and be social. I I agree with that 100%. I think that on the social side, uh, it has been a good stand-in for face-to-face communication, especially with family. But then on the informational side, it is very easy uh, to find yourself clicking and clacking and becoming a victim of conspiracy theories. What do you think? 575-00-801-KSL-TALK is the number. Pick up the phone, give me a call. Let's chat next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back. Final segment of today's episode of Live Mike, episode number 280. Look at that, just a few short weeks away from episode 300. Looking forward to celebrating that milestone with you. The the question I have asked and the question that will carry us through here to the end of the program is, has social media been a net negative or positive in our battle against COVID-19? Robin points out here that there's a a term called headline culture. It's very true, and it is uh, something that I will admit to uh, engaging in from time to time, and it is where you read only the headline of an article. You read only the headline of an article, and from that headline, you form your entire opinion. You formulate your position and presume, at least in conversation, to to understand uh, the gist of what's being written. In fact, uh, just a few years ago, Washington Post reported that six in ten people share articles on social media after reading only the headline. 60% of people will share articles on social media after reading only the headline. So what does that mean? What does that mean for the COVID era? What does that mean as you and I continue our battle against COVID-19? Has social media been a net negative or a net positive? 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line if you'd like to weigh in with your comments there. I'd also uh, love to hear your voice. 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the phone line. Let's go to those phones now. Wade joins us from West Jordan. Wade, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, Lee, and thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Tell me, what do you think? Uh, net negative, net positive? I think it's had a negative influence, um, just to keep that simple. Uh, for time, I realize your time's getting a little short here. And I think the reason why it's been negative isn't just because of the COVID influence of social media. I think it impacts a lot of things. Um, When you click on a link, when you go to any of these uh, browsers and so forth, we all know the big names. Um, There are algorithms that start giving us other links to the same kind of thought. Mm. And we may not have that thought or feeling, 
but we start being given those thoughts and feeling options we can start linking into more. But if we're actually somebody that's objective and we want to look at the whole picture, our picture becomes slimmer and slimmer. Our viewpoint becomes slimmer and slimmer because our options become more slim. Uh, when you go into, I don't want to say any of the names, but I'll go ahead and say Google, for example. Sure. At some point, you know, if you're looking up a Republican or a Democrat side of things or a black or a white side of things, eventually you start getting more things that lead you to those sides. And that's not what most people are. Most people are objective. But if you go down the rabbit hole far enough, at some point you become convinced because that's all you're hearing. Yeah. Uh, Wade, listen, you, you bring up some wonderful points. And let me just tell you, I, I have experienced what Wade is describing here. I use my, my Facebook page a little differently, I think, than many folks. Uh, I, I use it as a tool to research content for the program. And so sometimes I am researching themes and topics that, uh, you know, in my own, you know, outside of work life, I probably wouldn't have uh, you know, too much interest in. But as things rise to the surface in the news cycle, you know, you have to become informed. And so I'll use sometimes social media uh, to make contact with, uh, you know, either lawmakers or newsmakers or trying to find the characters in different stories. And I have found that on occasion, if I am focused on, uh, say, let's let's say pet stores, just just a, a random story, uh, pet stores. If I am clicking and clacking around on social media trying to learn about pet stores, I will for the next while find that my news feed is in fact inundated with uh, pet store content. And I'm not talking about the ads on the side. I'm talking about what Wade mentioned, that our interests are captured and that that creates then a, a certain environment that exists in our newsfeed. And what uh, Wade was saying is that as you and I, you know, if we bring ourselves closer to certain political viewpoints uh, or certain attitudes express, that those viewpoints and attitudes uh, become the sum total of what we are exposed to. And if you bring that all the way to the COVID-19 conversation, if those attitudes and viewpoints aren't right and aren't supported by science and aren't moving us towards uh, defeating this virus, well, then we're in some trouble. Uh, next caller calling in from uh, far west. Kevin joins us. Kevin, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all I right. love your show, by the way. Thanks, not thanks a lot for saying so. Thank you. So Tell me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to a completely different spin. I think it's been positive because I never knew who Doctor Dunn was before. Okay. COVID, and uh, now I know who Doctor Dunn is, and all the people at the state level. I've got more familiar with them. So it's got me more familiar with my government because of social media. Yeah. I'm going to take it to a positive side of it. I, uh, I think it's helped us. I, I'm more informed now. I trust I – mean, I shouldn't say I trust because people are going to chastise me. I, <laughs> I used her words and other words to my best ability. So I think it's helped us. Yeah. I'm not going it's, to – I think it's a whole different spin on it. Well, let me ask you this, Kevin. The, the, to, to come away with the position that you find yourself in right now means that you needed to seek out – uh, you know, the, the words coming directly from Dr. Dunn. I, I, uh, did you, you watched uh, when they were hosting the weekly press conferences, you watch it uh, broadcast from the, the governor's Facebook page. Is that correct? Yeah, weekly. And when, yeah. And when you guys had it daily there for a while. Yeah. Uh, I really trusted her words, and, and it was thank goodness for social media in order to find it. 
Now, it would be easy. It would be easy to fall victim, I think, to some of the comments in those videos instead of paying attention to the words being uh, delivered by the person, you know, occupying the position of epidemiologist. What advice do you give folks to to sort out uh, what is firsthand info uh, from distracting opinion? Um, I think you need to take it. They're experts. We they're hired as being experts, and you need to take their advice for being the expert they are. If I'm an expert at golf, I'm going to give somebody my good golf advice. Now, whether they take it or leave it, it's up to them. But that's why we have them in the positions they have them in. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, listen, I'm so grateful for your call. I'm grateful to you for listening to this program. Please keep it up. Uh, That uh, will pretty much do it for today's program. But uh, I I do want to point out a a few remaining things here as we wrap up this conversation and uh, work on answering this question, which... I'll admit is impossible to answer. Has social media been a net negative or positive in our battle against COVID-19? That's certainly in the eye of the beholder. Uh, A question to come through just now via text message reads, Lee, what about undebatable absolute truth? What about undebatable absolute truth? Uh, listen, if, if you're aware of some undebatable anything, uh, you, you let me know. I do know that there is source information. There are source documents. As you heard Kevin describe there, there, is, there are experts put in place to give us uh, you know, their perspective from their position of expertise. And with that, you have to make uh, the decisions that you will. Uh, I'm not sure that there is much of anything that's undebatable. Um, uh, another texter points out uh, that they just did the headline thing last night. That headline thing is where you formulate your whole opinion based on just reading the the headline of the story, and you don't so much dig into the contents or the meat and the potatoes of the article. Uh, and it uh, led to a, a good discussion. And I, I hope that this discussion uh, will will stay with you. And I hope when you face the uh, opportunity to dig a little deeper into the things that you are exposed to on Facebook, that you'll take that opportunity, Facebook or Twitter or whatever be your social media of choice. We've got a lot of responsibility. And taking that responsibility seriously is what will lead us to the other side of COVID-19. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.